welcome. This is the Rooted Leadership Podcast. I'm your host, Chris Panetta. As always, we're in studio here in Salem, Oregon. It's been sunny lately. Today, it's actually quite rainy, and I'm excited to be here today. Uh, as a reminder, the Rooted Leadership Podcast is part of the Groundwork Institute, home here to Salem. And uh, the Groundwork Institute, we started about a year ago, and the goal was to raise the tide of leaders in our community. And we feel like there's great leaders now, but we want more of them not just today and tomorrow, but we want them next year and the next five years and the next decade, next couple of decades. And we realize that if if we're not intentional about helping develop those leaders and cultivate them, then we can't hope that they're just going to emerge. Now, granted, there will always be great leaders that emerge, but we want to be intentional about it. So we started this institute. And one of the key things that we believe in is shared knowledge. Uh, we never claim to have all of the information and all of the knowledge and what it means to be a great leader and what it means to help inspire change and inspire others around us. But we believe that collectively, uh, we have quite a bit. And so within this podcast, we spend our time uh, in different episodes, diving in uh, with other leaders and other individuals, not just in our community. We really focus on, on our community, but we'll also have guests from the outside come in. So thank you for joining today. Uh, we have a special guest today, close friend of mine, uh, somebody that uh, I see as a as a brother almost. You know, we were able to have banter back and forth, but also get a lot of things done together. And I've known him here for a couple of years in Salem, and we've gotten pretty close since then. And he's done some pretty remarkable things in the community. So uh, we'll go ahead and introduce him. But that's really what uh, what today is going to be about is is uh, understanding uh, what his name is Drew, understanding what Drew does and why he does it, how he does it, what he sees for the future. We're going to talk to him a little bit about his experience thus far within the Groundwork Institute because he's actually been part of our very first cohort uh, ever. And so I think he's got some insight that he'd like to share and and some different things that can be takeaways uh, for all of you today. So Drew, I, I'll introduce you, but why don't, after that, you further the introduction. So Drew, I tease him a lot. Drew is a teacher. And he's not just any teacher. Drew is a very well-known teacher in our community, not just within his his own school community, but throughout the entire district. And here in Salem, we have a pretty large district. It's second largest in the state after Portland District. Uh, we have, what, 40, what is it, Drew, 44,000 students, 45,000 students? Correct. And uh, six, seven different high schools. And Drew is a high school teacher and very well-known in our community. He teases me about, well, he gets mad when I say this, but he's won some awards for how great of a teacher he is. And I, I, would, I would be foolish if I didn't say that uh, because uh, it's well-deserved. But uh, he won the uh, Milken Award back in 2009. And that's a pretty prestigious award, especially you know in these, this area. It's a national thing, is it not? Uh, that's correct. Yeah. National thing. Yeah. I know Drew loves talking about himself. So <laughs> no, he would have never he would have never s- shared this with you. But uh, back in 2009, a national award for just being a phenomenal standout teacher. And when you meet the students that he's uh, taught over the years and others that know him, it's clear why. And in fact, you know, pre-COVID, when Drew and I were able to be out in the community a lot more, we'd go you know, grab some some lunch or go meet at a coffee shop or just, you know, be out in the in in, in town. And every time we're out, uh, he stops every five minutes to talk to somebody. And I'm thinking, why does he know so many people? And they're all former students he's had. He's been at this for over 20 years and uh, has just been an incredible influencer in our community, especially amongst um, our youth. And, 
you know, he's been working with us here uh, at, at Mountain West and part of our philanthropic team and has just been immersed even more so in the community and, and uh, leaders uh, all over our community now are, are knowing who Drew Monarchy is. So that's, a, that's an intro on what he's done as a, as a career, but he's even a better friend. Uh, he's, he's the type of friend that not just gets things done for, for work, but if you need anything, a tool, a helping hand. He's a text or a phone call away and he'll show up. He's just fantastic in that way. So Drew, anything else you want to introduce yourself? Uh, uh, anything else you want to add to that? Well, Chris, I just want to say, first of all, thanks for uh, the opportunity to be here. What an honor. But uh, I just appreciate I appreciate you and the work that's being done here in the community. Um, it has been a gift and you're a gift to all that we're doing. So thank you for the opportunity just to be here today and and share experiences with with others. Thanks, Drew. Yeah. Thanks. Uh, I've been looking forward to this all week. Uh, Drew, tell us, mm-hmm. you know, I guess in piggybacking on your introduction, tell us, mm-hmm. uh, you know, share how, you know, how we, how we met, kind of what yeah. your story is, yeah. what you do. I know you'll talk a little bit about Outward Mindset and we get to that. We can, we can dissect that a little bit. You know, we've talked about that in other episodes, but we can talk about it a little bit more. But go ahead yeah. and share kind of, you know, why, why, what brought us here to why we're doing this together now and, and why we, uh, you know, have a, have a working relationship. When I get excited about a topic or uh, share, get to share something in class, I get goosebumps and Chris, right now I have goosebumps. <laughs> when you, even when you ask that question, the origin story of how, how, you know, our relationship began and, and my work with our mindset in the community just gets me, gets me excited. And I love sharing that. Um, I was approached by a handful of years ago a wonderful family. I had the privilege of teaching um, a handful of their children. And, and uh, I remember them sitting down in a meeting at the high school and, uh, and wanting to share their experience with our mindset. And they had, they had given me leadership and self-deception and, and extended an invitation. An invitation from this family uh, just meant the world to me. And, and they, they had, hey, why don't you read this book? Uh, we'd love you to attend a, a two-day training. And that's how initially Outward Mindset is g- given to communities or given to entities or, 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 or businesses. And, and I remember my first thought was, man, I don't have time to go to give up two days. <laughs> yeah. And, 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 and as history, uh, you know, one of our initiatives, it, you know, here philanthropically was to spread the Outward Mindset content. It was kind of a, a lofty, ambitious goal of we want to turn our community outward and uh, we wanted to use outward mindset and Arbinger, the Arbinger Institute's material to help us you know, cultivate the soil in order to do that. So we just started offering training in our community. There are two days and we do it every couple of months. And we started out with just 40 people in a room and now we have you know well over 3,000 people in our community trained. Well, Drew, you know, we, we, had a, we had a goal of how do we get this to our kids? And what's it, what's it going to look like? Because they don't, they're not going to go sit through a two-day training. So how do we get this to our kids and what can they do with it? And this was right around when school walkouts were happening um, across the country. Yeah. And so when we sat down with the superintendent and a couple of other leaders, we, we thought, if we're going to bring this to kids, let's bring it with a purpose to help them know how to engage, not just with their peers and their close circles, in a community and how can they have the right tools and the right perspective to actually, you know, really, really make a, a, a helpful and impactful difference. So I hate to cut you off there, but no, the, the no. history. So we, we, decided, we decided we need to find a teacher, somebody that can connect with kids. That's going to be the best person to do this. 
And this family that he's talking about, uh, they worked with one of them worked with us and they said, I know the right teacher. And so we started hearing about this Drew Monarchy guy. And without knowing him, we, we, you know, we heard all these things. And so now that kind of fast forwards to where he's at, where he's been invited and he's sitting in this two day training, not knowing what's going on. So go ahead. Keep oh, con- great context, Chris. And 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 to use Arbiter language, I was certainly was in a box, but in, in general language, I didn't have the right mindset or the right attitude <laughs> going into giving up two days. And uh, I always share it was by hour three. Um, I'm on the edge of my seat and uh, uh, I can't get enough at that moment. And uh, it's it's truly rare that a training or or, or uh, material has had an impact this late in my career. And uh I knew by hour three that yeah, not only- getting old. <laughs> <laughs> we have the same hairline, at least, Chris. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> um, that I knew that I, it was going to impact me personally, but I, I'll, the wheels are already thinking of how do we get this to kids in a, in a meaningful and, 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 lasting, and lasting way. And um, that's when, Chris, I don't know if you remember, but we met, we met briefly at the, at the end of that first day. Yeah, it's the first time I met you there. First day, and, and it was... Um, I was still in awe and shock at how the end that first day is so powerful and mm-hmm. so reflective of individuals. I didn't know if I gave you the appropriate attention at the time because I was so reflective of what was happening, but I knew that we were going to do some great things yeah. with this material with, with young men and women in, in this community. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, I want to, uh, I want you to share what happened, you know, after that, but before, mm-hmm. you know, for listeners, those of you that aren't familiar with the Arbinger Institute, you've you've heard us talk about it in previous episodes briefly. But they're really they're you know worldwide training and consulting company. But they started out you know over forty years ago as just a, this academic think tank trying to solve this problem of self deception, which is mm-hmm. when you have a problem and you don't know you have a problem and you're resistant to anyone suggesting or telling you that you have a problem. And so you know self deception can be a very damaging thing, not only to us, but those around us, our families, our organizations. And so they set out to solve that problem. How do you solve the problem of self-deception? And what they found was that one of the main things that we actually become deceived about is the reality of others around us, right? Am I actually seeing and regarding those around me and being responsive to them as human beings with needs, hopes, fears, desires like my own? Or am I resistant to their reality? Am I seeing them in a way that objectifies, you know, their humanity. Uh, so they become less real to me. Okay. They don't matter like I matter. Sometimes they might matter more, right? I, I put them on pedestals or I put them down. Either way, I'm objectifying them. And that was that's really what they found is was the main thing that we become deceived about. And they created a an entire series of work on this, books and training. And so if you haven't heard of the Arbinger Institute, they're a very, very important partner to us. And we're so grateful for that partnership. Uh, but they have, their material has has quite, almost. I want to say, I want to use the word literally, but it has really helped us transform a lot of things in our community, starting with this cultivation of soil. And, you know, I talk about soil in episode two, but that's the experience that Drew's talking about. You know, he goes through this and it's not like he learned anything new that day. It was no. just framed and packaged in a way that makes so much sense and makes it feel like you can go out and actually teach this and do this and and make it real. And uh, that's what we wanted that's what we wanted to do with with kids in in high school and and be able to bring them that experience. So after the event, tell us 
you know, tell us what happened. Well, Chris, you know how the material is kind of geared towards packaged, uh, kind of uh, given in, in a medium that's really helpful for adults and businesses and yeah, organizations. It's like a corporate training. It's a corporate uh-huh. training. And, and so when the wheels are spinning is, is, is what, how can we make this um, applicable? Um, how can we create a space? Uh, that's a word we used quite a bit to to honor the needs of of young men and women, and yeah. and then you and I got to rub elbows for gosh, uh, basically almost a, a eight months. Yeah, we were meeting <laughs> weekly to figure this out. Just just talking about how can we see kids, you know yeah. how can how can we honor this experience in a way mm-hmm. that honors honors them, and and I I you know I would, I would be teaching and you you'd come all the way to my school and meet during my you know my limited prep time, but that was like the highlight of my day or my week that we get a great idea. And you brought this plethora of experience of not only your mastery of the material, but I think you were, you're, you were excited. Um, not that you weren't excited with the material, but I think you really, your passion came through in, in trying to see kids. Yeah. And that's, and that just, that I knew, I knew then that, uh, and I've, I've shared this with you numerous times. You'd make an exceptional educator. You're a kid magnet. And you're, you know, you're an exceptional coach, you're exceptional, you know, father. And, uh, I think you, you work with the leaders and adults in our community so well, but I, I have to stress and you have to know that, um, you, you captivate the hearts and minds of, of young men and women. And that was very evident in not only our planning stage, but then the implement implementation stage of, of how we got this to kids. Appreciate that. Yeah. Oh gosh. Yeah. <laughs> so, so tell us, uh, you know, what it led up to. We, we, okay. met, we were meeting cause we didn't have, again, this, we were trying to adapt this material from right. kind of a corporate training setting and then getting it to kids. Right. And we didn't know, I mean, that was all that we knew. Yeah. <laughs> we didn't know yeah. what that was going to look like or what it was going to turn into, uh, how it was going to spread. And we'll get to that later of how much it's spread and the difference that it's made. But I mean, what did that lead up yeah. to? You know, that sat, that first, I mean, that initial getting the kids in the yeah. room, how yeah. you, how you know, we went about doing that and then how we all got them in a room on a Saturday for six hours yeah. and what that led to. Yeah. And I think this us back up though. You and I both recognized that there was a, a need for this, not only in our community for adults, everyone in our community, but we recognized that there was a need for young men and women. Yeah. And that was our driving force. Mm-hmm. And we, like you said, okay, how do we take a two-day training, a typical you know, 16 hours of intense work and how do we truncate it? How do we how do we manage it, manipulate it, make it applicable to kids? And and like you said, we we came up with the design where we met four times with kids, initial six hours Saturdays <laughs> on Saturdays. I mean, we're at we asked oh, nearly we asked uh, we had about fifty kids show up to that initial uh-huh. meeting. I mean, and they're giving up their time. These 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 are these are people, young men and women that are just busy, uh, exceptional, and and came to six hours on a Saturday because because we had just asked them to. Yeah. You don't, you don't, you don't tell someone what Arbinger is or outward mindset is in, in, you can't, no, in, in, in a sentence or two. No. And, and, and I'll, and I'll even, you know, use some of this key rooted language. Yeah. I mean, you know, you really spent time cultivating the soil within your school. You went, Perfect. you went to other, you know, influencers, teachers, coaches, and Perfect. so on. And you had them, you know, identify kids that they had good relationships with and they went and invited them. And it was just like this word of mouth spread. Yep. And so kids were showing up, not because they actually cared at that time what Arbinger was or right. what Outward Mindset was, but because they had a relationship with somebody yeah. that invited them. And and, and I even clarify, talk that about someone soil. cared about them. Yeah. Yeah. That someone went out of their way. And I would have 10, 15, 20 minute conversations with a kid about, why am I coming for six hours? Yeah. Because what was our initiative? I mean, it was a seed, yeah. right? We wanted to, yeah. we wanted to plant this seed, yeah. this material to 
for kids. That was an idea, right? It right. was a seed, and but we realized that won't happen well if we don't right. cultivate the soil. And I'll even go deeper. I mean, if you remember just moments ago, I shared this all started with sitting down with the superintendent. Yeah, you know of the of the district. So we didn't just go in, you know, uh, blindly and try to do this. I mean, we had relationships with uh, the superintendent before we even approached Drew. We went to talk to his principal. Yeah, right. I mean, we we a director we, of secondary education. Yeah. We so we we spent our time cultivating the soil and getting the right people on board before we just said, hey, let's throw this seed out there and hope it plants. So I just want to give that context because I think Perfect. that all leads up to yeah where we're at now yeah. and the fruit that it's actually bearing yeah. at this point. Yeah. So tell us about that that first Saturday. That first Saturday, and and I was just going to get to get just get to that because I and I share this story numerous times. Um, Chris alluded to in the introduction. I've just. I just completed actually my 21st year of teaching and I've rubbed elbows with now thousands of kids have, have crossed the threshold of my door with a handshake and a, or an elbow bump or a high five or yeah, a fist Drew, bump. Drew stands right outside his door every <laughs> class. And, and I, I've had, gives I've, high I've, fives, gives handshakes. I've, I've gotten so much from, from students over the years. Yeah. They've given me, given me so much and, and, and I've had a lot of aha moments, as I say, a ton. Where where my my cup has been filled, uh, highlights of yeah, mm-hmm. I fired up. It you, you you just those those moments where again I got goosebumps right now, and I share the story all the time. Chris, I saw more of those moments in that six hours than I had in my entire teaching career. You know, this material isn't is it quote unquote academic. It's not it's not a, a, a math formula, a scientific equation, a, a date in history. It's it's philosophical. It's 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 personal. It's challenging, and it relates to each person differently. Yeah. And scanning that room with those fifty kids, and watching them interact with the material in different ways, um, and then we have a highlight of uh, at the end moment where you you became so vulnerable in front of fifty young men and women. And I think wasn't that one of the first times you had done kind of that much work in front of? Yeah, I'd worked with some youth, youth and kids be- kids before, but this one was certainly. Very yeah. different. Yeah. yeah. And you were just in that moment. It's it just the most authentic and natural way. They saw you, you saw them. And I, and again, I got goosebumps right now of, of, of there's 50 kids. You can, can you imagine Chris? Um, we're in the corner of our library, corner of a library. This is a massive library. And I got 50 kids huddled up. Shoulder to shoulder. Shoulder to shoulder. Yeah. There's no room. And, and Chris is sharing his story. And you could hear, this is after six hours. This is after six hours. You could hear a pin drop. And it was in that moment, in that silence, I sat back behind Chris and I was watching him sat back behind the students, excuse me. And I knew this is it. This is what we need to be doing. This is what I need to be doing. This is what we need to be doing as a district, as a community, as an entity. There's a need, there's a want, there's a desire. We have to get this to, to more. Yeah. Not just these 50. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and you, you, that's where you had me. Yeah. <laughs> well, that, fa- I mean, my favorite moment of that day was that what you're sharing in yeah. the corner, but as the, cause Drew, you were in the back, you know, you were yeah. in the back, yeah. so you didn't get to see their faces like, like yeah. I did. And, and we, what we were doing is we were going through uh you know, what Arbinger calls a collusion diagram, which essentially is when by the, because the way we see others, if I'm seeing somebody as an object, doesn't matter. They might be a vehicle, irrelevant, an obstacle, you know, irrelevant to me, an obstacle to me in, in any way, their humanity doesn't matter like mine. And when I see people that way and I have a heart at war towards them, I actually end up inviting 
the very same thing back to me. So they start to see me the same way. So think of conflict that you're in. I mean, this is a typical conflict escalation. If I see somebody as an object, if I see somebody as mean, as evil, as bad, as so on, well, how do you suppose, what sort of behaviors do you think are going to be deployed by me after? And how do you think that's going to invite them to see me and how they end up treating me? So it becomes this cycle. This, this reciprocal cycle of giving one another justification and continuing down this, this conflict spiral of negativity. And so we went through that whole framework, but then we brought them to the corner and we did a really big collusion, you know, this really big conflict that all of them could relate to. And it was about bullying. So we actually had two kids leave the room. They didn't know what we were going to be doing it on. So as soon as they left, because we were going to use them later, as soon as they left, I, we told the group, hey, we're going to be thinking of bullies. So bullies are on this side. And we're on this side. We're just going to categorize us as us and bullies as bullies. And then we asked them, how do we see bullies? How do you see them? And people started listing off as mean, as rude, as, as uh, evil, blah, 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 blah. And first, we identified what bullies do that bother them, right? And, yeah. they, and they had all sorts of things. Uh, we asked how they see them. Then we asked, what do they do about it? And they said, well, we ignore them or we turn them in or we, we gossip about them or blah, 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 you know, list of things. Just this is all relevant and real for these kids because obviously they're in school and they deal with this all the time, whether they're a observer of it or they're a victim of it, or maybe mm -hmm. they've been the bully, mm -hmm. right? We didn't know. We don't know. And then, you know, we go over to this other side and we start to ask, well, if we're doing these things and we're seeing the bullies this way, the question is, how do you suppose they see us? And we didn't have the group answer that. We actually now invited those two kids in. They had no idea we were talking about bullying. All they could do was read these words on a paper of how and I asked them, how would they, how would somebody, if somebody was treating you in these ways, how would you see them? And so they're reading things like turning them in, gossiping about them behind their back, you know, um, uh, you know, leaving them out or, uh, you know, categorizing them, the things that these kids wrote. And they're starting to write these things, isolatory. So they would see them as isolatory. They would see them as, as, uh, as mean also, right? Mm -hmm. I think they even wrote mm -hmm. something similar to bullies. And mm -hmm. so the class is now just having their eyes open to, Wow, I mean, this problem isn't just the bully's problem. It's all of our problems. If we don't stop this negative conflict spiral of seeing one another as objects, then we can never expect bullying to stop. So finally, we 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 showed the two kids. You know, we we revealed to the two kids that we were talking about bullying, and that's when the room was silent. And you know, I sh I shared a story, and then you know, they're all sitting there, and I looked around, and this is what I wanted to get to, because Drew was in the back, but I looked around. There were several kids. I mean, these are high school kids. You know, in very social creatures, probably high level of concern for what others think about them. But there's kids now; they're in tears, mm -hmm. and there's silence in the room. And and I asked them the question was: So look, let's go back to this. When I initially started this, who did you think needed to change? You or the bullies? And they said, Well, the bullies, of course. And then I asked them, What about now? Who should change? Who needs to change? And that's when there was silence. And then a few kids finally said, Us, we do. And I don't know, you know, why some people were so emotional there. They probably were on one side of this collusion or the other, and it was personal to them. But I mean, that was a moment and a highlight for me because I certainly never had that perspective when I was a kid. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, I think, you know, we think, and I, I know we, we know now because we've spent so much time with different kids doing this, that they didn't have that perspective either. So it was just this moment of realization that they... The way they see others, especially in a cool school setting uh, on a large scale, has an impact uh, on the climate of a school and, and what happens. And that was an incredibly empowering moment, I think, for, for several of them.
Yeah. But, and then that the realization just that school isn't just academic, but what can we provide for them for their social emotional learning as well? Yeah. And, and you, you hit it on the head that there, there was a need Yeah, and that we had usually, not only have we done the soil work, we planted the seed, but it was already giving us fruit Yeah, just in that moment. Yeah. It was rooted. It got rooted <laughs> in quickly at yep. the deepest levels and it was, yeah, yeah, yeah. And we wanted to nurture that, you know, we wanted to continue cultivating our soil. Absolutely. Yeah. Right. To expand, but also what can we do to honor, honor the, the fruit that was being given mm-hmm. to us, you know, at mm-hmm. that time. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, tell us what, ha- what happened after. Well, uh, we, fast forward, we met with them a few more times. We met with, met with them a few more times. experiences. Yeah. And in fact, I think this is a great opportunity to introduce a weed mm-hmm. and, 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 you know, something we didn't anticipate, but if we're asking kids to come in on their own time, that's a big ask. That was a huge ask. And then yeah. you, you add on top of them, we're, we're doing track or we're, we're in a music program. We're in the mm-hmm. play. Um, we, we have work commitments. We have family commitments. You name it. It was difficult to get kids there. Uh, a handful of kids couldn't make it consistently each time. And, and the content in the curriculum is so uh, continuous. It's scaffolded. It builds on each other. And it has, it has so much more momentum mm-hmm. that if we kind of keep doing that, we, we'd meet with those kids um, separately, you know, if they miss something, so they get caught back up. Yeah. But the space we were creating was, was so enriching and authentic that you, you kept asking me, and this is, this is again, so outward of you. And what, what do we need? What, what do we need to do to be better? What do we need to be better than where we are right now? What, what is your need? And I kept coming back to, uh, the, the need for space, Yeah. you know, and, and, and in the context of a school district that is, um, allocated time. Yeah. Can we create a space, a, a class? Can the school district honor compensating and uh, the, the, the FTE or the time for yeah. a teacher? Yeah. And for those of you that don't know, it's not, you can't just think of a class and the next day start it. I mean, there's a lot of <laughs> loopholes to go through. Yeah. From the highest level, they, you know, the curriculum has to be given to all high schools. There has to be this approval process. There, there's FTE, there's money involved. So it Perfect. was, it was somewhat of a lofty goal of, hey, let's, you know, you wanted a class. We had the goal here at Mountain West of we need to get two things done here with this. It was this was so good that we just it can't just be this one experience, this one time. Right. And we had two goals. One was we need to help kids get a real seat at the table in our community because they provide a very valuable lens. And so how can we get them a seat at the table uh, with different things going on? And the the big one was how do we get them a how do we get Drew a class? Yeah. Right. Yeah. And how do we how do we get him a class and time? For an entire year to spend with with kids like this, yeah. So so look at that. It a, a, a weed became one of the greatest fruits we ever we ever could see. Yeah, yeah. And we didn't look at it as a as a problem. We looked at it. Okay, what do we need to do? You know, how do we handle it? And we actually went back. Just again using your the wonderful framework. Look at all the soil work we went back and had to do. Yeah. To to honor honor getting that class, and we did. And. And gosh, yeah. talk about one of the highlights of my career. Yeah. Right? I mean, that meeting, you know, we, we sat down with the principal and director of high schools uh, and I don't know, the meeting was 20 minutes long. Yeah. And at, by the end of it, they were like, yeah, let's get them. Let's get you a class. And we were, we were like, wow, that was fast. And Drew was like, what? That never happens, this- especially in education. So, you know, we fast forward, yeah. we had the class, yep. we spent entire summer, you know, mm-hmm. before the next year, yeah. really oh, yeah. prepping for the curriculum. You yeah. start the class. So yeah. tell us about your yeah. whole experience. Yeah. Just you just finished the whole year of now. Granted, the yeah. last few months, sure. COVID happened. Absolutely, but Absolutely. I mean, you had a lot of time with these kids before yeah. that. Just share share with us, and and share with us what happened before, 
where you became really part of Mountain West. Yeah, yeah, so, absolutely. So share, share a little bit about okay. that. Okay, so when when the when a school district says you can have this class, and not only then the work that went into developing the curriculum, the plan course statement for that course, and and everyone's support, and we we had it. I kind of have an epiphany of. Holy smokes. Yeah. <laughs> my, my plate was at the, um, this is definitely coming from an inverse spot, was definitely full yeah, with yeah, I mean, my other had, commitments. Uh-huh. And, and, um, and I knew I didn't want to. Wow. Low, yeah. I didn't want to shortchange students with this experience. Hmm. I wanted to be all in. I wanted to be, I had such a, I had such a wonderful experience with a, with a presenter and with the support of you guys. I wanted that for our students. And so I, I made the decision of actually, uh, cutting my going to half time as an educator. And then Chris, I, I, I called you up on a, uh, it was hours after another Saturday session. <laughs> I don't know if you remember that. Mm-hmm. And I, and I basically said to you, Chris, I want to work with you. Yeah. I, I go, let's get serious. And, and if you think there's capacity, if you think there's space, uh, for us to not only, um, allow me to do work in, uh, at West, but other schools, let, let's see what happens. And with, with the blessing of this organization and it's, um, and the individuals involved here that that came to fruition. Yeah. And I've, I've never experienced more support, love, uh, understanding ever. And this has just been a gift. I can't, I can't say that enough. It's just been a gift. And, and with that came the gift of time yeah. and resources. And man, we went full bore into developing a curriculum and the class came and, and it, I mean, highlight of my career so far, yeah. highlight of my career. It, the class wasn't taught just by me. It was taught by a, a village. Yeah, you you came in and did lessons. Uh, Shemana came in. Kasha came in. We had visitors. Our our, our community door, leaders were coming community in. Community leaders were coming in. We can get to specifics of that later. Um, there was just a revolving door at the front office. I stopped. Uh, I kind of stopped going down at lunch and saying we have a guest speaker coming in. I just start walking up to the to the receptionist. Someone coming in again? And I go, yeah, absolutely. You know, just into into the in the class. And I'm sure they were learning your name by you know by the yeah. time you, they they knew where you were heading. And and those 38 young men and women that. That's the, our initial kind of group that we had, um, got an experience that they, they've, they've never had probably in a, in a, in a, in a school setting before. And yeah. that was a community looking for that, for their best interest and, and, uh, um, giving them the space to, and I love this language to explore, give them the, the space for us to teach and then giving enough, giving them the space to apply. Yeah. And this you, see, you see me now on, on the computer, I'm uh-huh. actually, I'm actually pulling up some, some data that we took with the class you know we had we did some surveying at the beginning yes we had some benchmark sorry some baseline data and we had different categories categories like empathy confidence grit social emotional intelligence happiness communication collaboration teamwork conflict resolution situational awareness decision making problem solving leadership prioritization relationships impact on others and mindset i mean it's quite a bit of baseline data there and we surveyed them at the beginning we got a the baseline. And then we surveyed them twice after one halfway through the year, one yeah. at the end of the year. Yeah. And I want to share that data um, here in a second. But Chair, also, you know, your role with Mountain West, right? We didn't just hire you on to go teach the class. Right, right. We hired you on to help us spread this. You know, we had, the, obviously we did our soil work from the top with the leaders in the district. So we had their support. And our goal was, we don't want to do this forever. We want the district to really own this. We want Absolutely. the schools to own this. But we had permission for them, and Drew was the right person to be able to help us spread it. So you helped us spread it to three different high schools, yep. you know, uh, all last year to where now 
this coming year, those schools are going to be having the same class that yes. that you just you just had, and they they got approval, FTE, all that stuff. So, right. So the same experience that we did at West the previous year, we wanted to do our soil work not only for it was just to make sure there was still capacity with that student population, mm-hmm. which you and I both knew the answer. Of course there is. Kids are kids, and this there's a yearning for this this emotional learning, this this uh, this. Uh, the social learning. Yeah. There's just a demand for it. But as equally as important, we needed to identify uh, a, an educator, an adult, yeah. either either a teacher. Same soil work that right? we did with you. Right. Had to do with the other schools. Had to do with the other schools. And, but also get support from an administrator in the mm-hmm. building. The principals right. there. Yeah. Right. And we we put as much time and effort into that soil work as we did to those students. Yeah. And the fruit that's that, uh-huh. that bore that is... McKay High School, North Salem High School, Sprague High School are now going to do what we did with the piloting of that class. They're going to be doing this academic year. Yeah. And it's not like, I mean, there's a couple of other high schools as well, and they want to do something similar as well. You know, timing is everything, but it's not like uh, we were getting no's. I mean, of course, when when the leaders know the impact that this can have on kids, it's a no-brainer. Yeah. 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 And we had had the, the proof almost, you know, basically the proof. And a certain level of proof. It's, you know, we want to continue to improve, but we definitely had the proof and even the data to share that this is making a difference in kids' lives. And they're having experiences that they don't get in any other classes. They might, yeah. they might develop relationships and have an impactful teacher, of course, Absolutely. and relationships, but the content mixed with that, I mean, uh, none of the kids yeah. were getting that anywhere. No. And in your career, you said you hadn't seen that no. sort of, ma- any sort of material impact kids like it was impacting kids. Right. Yeah. Right. This the, again, the space we've created is unlike anything I've ever seen or heard. Yeah. yeah. Or heard. And about. you're I mean, you're seeing you think about this. We took and I'm not telling you to think about this. Listeners, <laughs> think about this. We took, you know, material that adults go through in two days and we spread it out over an entire year, meeting with them how many times a week? Two or so, three times two, a week. Two, two and a half. Two and a half times a week, if you two will. Two and a half yeah. times a week. Yeah. So they I mean, those kids are really little I mean, they're 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 experts in this. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I was going to say little experts. They're big experts in this. <laughs> yeah. I mean, they really, those kids that went through the class, they're, they're experts in the content. They had to write about it. Mm-hmm. They had to get vulnerable. Yeah. Uh, they had to, in some ways, teach it to others. Uh, they became part of community projects where Perfect. they were- Got it. I'm glad you mentioned yeah, that. Go, go yeah, yeah, yeah. share about that. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we wanted to, we wanted to not only allow students to explore- and for us to teach this material, but one of the biggest linchpins of our of our pedagogical practice was they had to apply it. Yeah, not only in in reflection in their own personal lives, but we really wanted them to let's go back to the terminology used to have an authentic seat at a table. Yeah, and we had brought in, um, or oh, we'll back up and say we wanted them to apply this content to their community, mm-hmm. not just their school community, but their community at community yeah. at large. Mm-hmm. And we wanted to, we invited uh, business leaders in uh, to come and nonprofit and leaders. Nonprofit leaders. Um, we invited uh, school leadership uh, to come in and they, the students met that individual and vice versa. In a, in a, yeah. In tell a, them about the first week with principal, with Jim. With, with a wonderful tool called Meet to Learn. Uh, in fact, yeah. Uh, one of the, one well, of the, the very first week you had principal come in, tell them what, what that was. My about. principal and, and good friend, uh, Jim Miller came in and one of the, one of the languages or one of a, uh, 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 some verbiage used in Arbinger, something called the biggest headache. Biggest if, headache yeah. if we're if we're aware of the needs of others, uh-huh. <laughs> if we truly are, we're we're concerned about what concerns they have. Yeah, <laughs> and we uh, Arbinger uses the language of the, the biggest headache. And on the second day of class, the entire administrative team at my high school, 
principal, assistant principals, and curriculum assistant principal, athletic director. I mean, these these are these are adults that you know our students see, but they're coming into the classroom, all five of them, and and they're they're like, hey, what's yeah. <laughs> whoa. <laughs> What, what did we do wrong? Or <laughs> uh-huh. like, hey, no, I invited them to come in and, and, and express to you a need. Yeah. And their concern. Uh-huh. And yeah. And that's it about their school. And, and our principal said, from the, from the data he receives uh, as, as they pull at a, at a, at a school level, uh-huh. is, is I, I need us to collectively work. What could you 38 do people do for me to help see others? And it basically said, help, help others see others, how, how we can improve uh, the climate, the culture of, of acceptance and, and uh, being present to the needs of others at our, at our school. Yeah. It was such a powerful, uh, they, the students felt that that was probably one of the very first asks that they've ever had from a principal. Yeah. I mean, and what a powerful happens. ask. I, yeah. I, yeah. That never happens. <laughs> <laughs> that a principal A comes into classroom and then B asks students for help. And then, and then all year long, yeah. you're relating the material to that ask. To that ask. Yeah. I mean, the kids had to, to be tasked with personal things, you know, what can you change in your personal life and how can you apply this in your personal life? And then there was a school component, which is what we're talking about. Yeah. And then on top of that, they had this external community S- component. service learning component yeah. of applying those principles, like mm-hmm. we've briefly talked about, to actually ap- applying it. And man, that's where the best learning and teaching and, and experience yeah. comes from is all those applications at a personal mm-hmm. school community level and the community at large. And at every step of the way, especially at the school and, co- and the community at large level, those students were seen as people. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They, they had it, like you said, I, I loved how you articulated. Um, in numerous instances, they were seen not only as, as equals, but they had an authentic seat at the table. And, and with COVID, that was when a lot of our, our work with the community was ramping up and there we had even despite of that a lot of success yeah with our students being uh tasked and asked to do things um that even adults would struggle with yeah i mean they even adults would one struggle of with. one of their projects they were helping with uh, another community effort here to help engage in you know some higher poverty areas yeah. and what, what are the needs in some of those areas and so some of your students were part of that project and they led some yep. community dialogue. I mean, we had the kids leading these community di- this, this community dialogue with parents and other adults, helping and, and students. Yeah, and students trying to help understand what the needs are, uh, so that we can, you know, as a as a group here and and other leaders and other, you know, committees in the community, so that we could better understand what do we need to do, right? What are the what are the right seeds that we need to plant? And this understanding the soil, those kids really helped helped do that. I mean, stuff like that. Yeah. And and there's others, other things they were doing. And really, we kind of got shorted because COVID yeah. threw us for a yep. loop. Yep. But they were yep. on track to, to doing some pretty remarkable things. And, and, and just to, to that, to the authenticity, that data, that work that those students did in the, with an outward mindset, with the language, uh, went all the way to the top of our district. Yeah. Uh, and again, talk about feeling validated. Talk about being feeling seen. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Adults and district leaders are hearing about how kids are learning this outward mindset material and it became this contagious, like, well, if kids are doing that. Then yeah. we, you know, yeah. we better, we better get yeah. on that too. Yeah. And, you know, briefly before I share this data, we, you spent time and I was there for some of it, but it was really mainly you, you know, charging and leading this, but the onboarding with those other schools. Yeah. I mean, that same experience yeah. we had that Saturday with the first group of students, we were having those experiences with these other yeah. students at these other high schools. Yeah. I mean, it was, it was, uh, 
Yeah. It, it was a fun year and a, really a remarkable year, you know, for, for me, even though this is what I've made a career out of is implementing this stuff. Yeah. But it was really yeah. incredible to watch um, the work that you did with these students and to, to be involved in the capacity that I was to just be able to see the faces of these kids and the adults that were, yeah. you know, part of it. And, and why, why is that different for you? What, what, what it was maybe what is, can you articulate why? That experience with young men and women is maybe dif- different in another environment. Well, yeah, well, of course. One of the big things is adults have a lot to sift through. They've yeah. many of them have gotten more education. They've read all sorts of books. They they have their formed their own opinions, their own biases, and so it takes a little bit more to get through to them sometimes. Yeah, and sure. I don't mean that in sure. a negative way. No. I'm the I'm the same way. But with kids, I mean this. They're learning such a valuable concept and how to apply it. It's not just an idea. It's something right. that becomes real to them at a young age, and they just grasp onto it right away. They don't, they don't have preconceived judgments. Uh, they, they hear truth, and they, they grasp onto it. And that, that's a powerful thing to, to witness when mm. a kid's experiencing that. Mm-hmm. It's a powerful thing when anybody experiences that, when it finally clicks. But to know that these kids are going to – they're not even in college yet. They haven't even had a real – job, most of them. Yeah. Or some of them can't drive. Yeah, some of them can't <laughs> drive. And they have all sorts of family dynamics, yeah. you know, uh, the pain and, and heartache that comes along with with, fam- with having family at times and the joys that come along at the same. I mean, they have lives. And now they're these kids that are going to become incredible parents, partners, you know, uh, employees, leaders in the future. And, and, and it's founded in this idea of seeing people as people. And some of some many leaders throughout our world struggle with that. I certainly yeah, do. Yeah. And now yeah. these kids, I mean, it's one of the first things that they they've learned uh, in terms of how to how to engage with others and how to I mean, all these data points, how to resolve conflict. One of the you know, Stanford did a study not a few years ago, but they studied they they did this study and CEOs all over the country. One of their their number one thing they wish they knew and the number one skill set they wish they had was conflict resolution. Yeah. And these kids, that that was heightened for them. They felt so much more confident after this class of how to engage in conflict. So let me read some of these data points and we'll keep going. But I think these are really helpful. Thanks, Chris. And interesting for people. So empathy. So students had an increase of 95% in their ability to empathize with others. And that's pretty uh, remarkable, 95%. Okay. And empathy is, especially in the, you know, the... The business and, and organizational world, that's that's a buzzword now. I mean, everybody's talking about empathy. So here's some high school kids that had a 95% increase in their ability to empathize with others. Confidence, students had a 24% increase in their confidence. Grit and work ethic. So uh, students on average rated themselves 80 out of 100 in those qualities. So that was a 7% increase. Obviously, they rated themselves pretty high before, but they felt like it, it increased. Uh, situational awareness, students had a 98% increase in their situational awareness. That's a that's a big thing that you know. Mm-hmm. I feel like the outward mindset material helps anybody with situational uh, awareness, emotional intelligence. Thirty seven percent increase wow. in feeling control of their emotions. Talk about kids that I mean. When I was a teenager, my emotions were all over the place, and I didn't oftentimes have control over them. So they felt an increase. I've heard in stories. Having, I've heard yeah, stories. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> in having an increase in 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 feeling in control of their emotions, their self worth. This was an awesome one. Students had an increase of 84, sorry, a decrease, sorry, excuse me. They had a decrease by 84% in their struggle with self-worth. That's huge, Chris. Yeah. 84% decrease in their struggle with self-worth. 
Social emotional, students had an an 85% decrease with their social and emotional problems. Happiness and joy, uh, there was an increase by 10%, 80 out of eight. They rated themselves 80 out of 100 in their level of happiness, obviously 100 being the most happy. Uh, Problem solving, 79 out of 100. uh, They rated themselves 79 out of 100 in their ability to problem solve. That was a 14% increase. Leadership, by the end, this one was one of my favorites. By the end of the the year, the 100% of students answered. So we we gave them this question. It's kind of a trick question. We gave them a question. Uh, that we basically asked them if they were the leader of a group of people and there was X, Y, and Z problems going on, what would they do? And we were looking for very specific answers that are key qualities that leaders need to have. And at the beginning of the year, only three of them answered correctly <laughs> out of 38. Only three of them answered correctly. And it was it was worded in a way that, you know, we're not trying to really trick them and we're we're not trying to get a certain answer. We just wanted the truth and and three answered correctly by the end. A hundred percent of them answered correctly. And we, the class wasn't about leadership, Drew. We weren't teaching a leadership class and we weren't telling them, Hey, here's the qualities that leaders need to have. And here's what you do as a leader. There was no subject material like that. We were teaching them about that. There was no topic or today's lesson is. And so that one's incredible (laughs) to me because they, it's not like we were teaching a leadership class. They weren't reading books on leadership. They weren't, but here you go. They were able to answer in ways that I don't, I'm confident most adults can't even answer. Yeah of what to do with a group that's experiencing high level of conflict or a group that's off track or how to get a common collective you know, vision together. And then uh, let's see, what's the next one here? Prioritization. So students had an increase of 15%. Conflict resolution, students had an increase of 85% uh, to, in their ability to resolve conflict effectively. Mm-hmm. Relationships. So students went from being dissatisfied with the average of four relationships to the, down to two by the end. And there was a 77% increase in them feeling capable to improve those, inc- those relationships. That's huge. All of us have relationships that we struggle with. Uh, and oftentimes we don't know what to do. And here's, again, some t- high school kids learning how to effectively improve those relationships. Self-awareness and impact. This one is huge. There was a 125% increase in their self-awareness and their impact on other people. Right? And then now, I don't mean this negatively. It's just... Oftentimes the truth it was for me when I was a teenager and in high school, the world was about Chris. And so I could care less about my impact on other people. And I didn't really care about my, my, I didn't have self-awareness of what, how I was impact, you know, how I was, how, what I did and how I chose to see the world and what I chose to do with it, you know, how that made others feel, how that impacted others. I mean, I just didn't care. So the, no wonder the increase here, because yeah. they're in a time of their life where it's really easy, and for a lot of good reasons, to be focused, self-focused. But they had this increase of 125%. I really like that one. And then this one is, is great, too. Results and success focus. Increase of 90%. Now, wouldn't we, as leaders or as organizations like all of our employees to have an increase in being results-focused, imagine the things that we can do in our in our organizations and in our communities if we could have an increase in results-focused. So they had a 90% increase. And then this is probably the biggest one, mindset. Now, it's hard to rate mindset, but we did our best with the question, and this is what we found, 168% increase in their ability to have an outward mindset. And I believe the question was, you know, in, our, in your school, who do you feel needs to change the yeah. most? And we gave them options, teachers, other students, um, 
administrators. administrators. And then, you know, mixed in the options was themselves. And at the beginning, almost nobody checked themselves. Nobody filled that out. And by the end, that was that was the main thing that they realized now is if anybody needs to change, it's not me pointing the finger at others. It's me changing. Now, yeah. think about how that skill alone, to be able to identify that, that level of self-awareness in our world today, where we see problems and we see conflict, with whether it's with racial tension or whatever it is, that ability alone to self-reflect and say that I need to change before I can point the finger and blame others is so huge. <laughs> the world needs that more. And- I love this because these kids were experiencing that. And then lastly, post high school readiness, there was an increase of 34%. They felt more ready, uh, you know, collectively 34% increase of, of their ability, you know, to be prepared after high school. Mm-hmm. So those are just some data points I wanted to share. And that's really evidence, Drew, of the work that you did with, with those kids and the content. Now, the content's great, but it yeah. w- wouldn't have been the same if, if I believe if somebody else did it or if it was just some class that was offered. I mean, that you as the instructor, it was really important uh, that you were there um, and that you helped, you know, guide these kids through that experience. And I'd push back just a little bit on that. I I think, love those data points. Don't get me wrong. And we have to, like one of the weeds or in the fruit we ask is how do we measure our impact? Mm -hmm. And um, I got to see it every day on their faces and and the dialogue. There's so much that are between these lines. lines, It's unreal. That my, my goal was if I had this profound experience with this material, I had this, I have, I've had uh, such an awakening at a personal and professional level that all I wanted to do was share that with young men and women. <laughs> yeah. I, all I wanted to do was go on a journey with them mm-hmm. and wherever that journey took them. Wonderful. Yeah. Just, just wonderful. And that I, I'm the one that had the privilege of allowing them to get to those points. You know, they got there on their own. Mm-hmm. You know, those data points, they got there. That wasn't our end game. Yeah. That wasn't, we didn't sit down and go, okay, how, hey, yeah. we got to hit this we benchmark. Gotta hit this, we got to yep. hit this benchmark. Like every- It was more of, let's see what happens. Let's see what happens. Exactly. That like every other class is, we have to hit these targets, the, you know, these percentage points. We got to throw that paradigm out the window. And what, what Mountain West and this community on all the soil work we did, all we were given was the one thing I needed was space. Yeah. Space for, for those students to have that experience, yeah. to have that success. Yeah. And they did that. They took those risks. They did. <laughs> yeah. So what, I mean, what is, mm-hmm. what would you want to see for the future with this material with kids? I mean, what would you like to see happen? Well, let's, I would say, let's continue building on what we're, what we're doing. I'd love to see it in every, every high school, comprehensive and, uh, and, and otherwise our C-Tech or our Roberts yeah. high school. And, and I mean, is this Salem only? I mean, or do you feel like, oh baby, let's, no matter where you're at in the country, <laughs> let's go big or go home. <laughs> that if you're listening to this and you're a superintendent, a principal, an educator, yeah. I mean, how important? We're not Arbinger doesn't pay us, so I, we're not no. we're not trying to mar- sell Arbinger here. But I mean, how how impactful do you think this would be for an educator out there listening to get this to kids? Yeah. Um, what do you think the difference it'll what what is what'll be the difference for them? Every every outcome a school district has. If that's higher graduation rates, uh, college and career readiness, whatever outcome or result a district wants, we know that that probably cannot necessarily be sustained or always achieved if we don't change a mindset. Mm. Not, not only for the adults, and this is what I get real excited about. At, at our school, uh, we're trying to create, and at other schools, we're, trying to, we're not only giving this to some students, but Chris knows this has been given at the highest levels of our district, mm-hmm. uh, human capital, you know, adults-wise. This is being given to teachers in buildings, and 
And whatever results a building has or a district has, think about if teachers saw their students as people. What if students saw their teachers as people and everyone had a common language, a common understanding to achieve that? And if, and if students saw their peers as people, people, what would change? I mean, it's just yeah. really... Then, then all those re- desired results, <laughs> whatever they may be, and they're great goals, they're lofty goals, and they're, and they're, and they're, they're needed. They're needed. But gosh, what, how could we actually achieve those? Yeah. Wow. And that's, that's the goal. And can we do that at a high school level? Yes, Chris, not just in our district, but state, nationwide. But what can we do to maybe even get this content initially scaffolded to the middle school level? Yeah. And And even uh, elementary school. Elementary. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. A common language from maybe as we, as we go through the ranks of -hmm. of public education or, and even some private institutions in our community. Yeah. Uh, And those are all certainly goals that we have uh, here. I mean, it's hard to, once you see the impact this has with kids, it's, it would be, so foolish for us to ever stop. Yeah. I mean, it, 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 this isn't a flavor of the month or a one and done. I mean, I, from what I know, working with, with uh, educators and working closely with you, I, I don't know if there's really anything else out there like this to, to have this sort of impact on as many kids as, as this yeah. in, in almost unison. You know, they're going through the same experience together. Yeah. Um, and it's just remarkable. So, a lot, a lot more to share about that. We spent quite a bit of time dissecting that with our last few minutes. Yeah. Um, I want to ask you a couple yeah. of questions. One is, uh, you know, based and we we've kind of woven this in throughout this episode, yeah. but yeah, what is the? I mean, how how does outward mindset and this idea of mindset relate to soil? I mean, they're almost one in the same. Chris, I have become so aware of the need and the needs of others to, to do quote unquote, my soil work. I love that. I love yeah. that the verb I've done. If, uh, uh, if I have an objective or someone else has an objective, what the success we have is, is in that preparation of, of soil work. And um, going back to our onboarding experience or getting other schools involved, we were very purposeful in asking them the experience we had at West Salem high school, the, the school I teach at cannot and will not, and should not be the same experience you have at your school. Yeah. You know what are your needs? What are, what are mm-hmm. what do you want? And and, and soil is cr- going to be different. It's going to be people different. Are different. People are different. And Which is the soil right? Yeah. And this cookie cutter approach to what well, worked here <laughs> doesn't just can't fly. Yeah. And so I'm I'm more intentional. I, I the seeds and the weeds. I'm so much more intentional to my soil work than I am than to to even because really it's not hard to think of a good idea. We think of them all the time, but right. how often do they actually work? Right. You know, and, and weeds take over. Weeds yeah. take over. And, and you know, there's, there's an episode about this as well. Weeds take over. And when the weeds take over, our mentality, especially as leaders, become that of putting out fires yeah. and going from one thing to the next. And that's because our soil is overrun by weeds. Yeah. And, and if we're just focused on weeds alone or seeds alone, then we're not cultivating the soil now you know, cultivating our soil, part of that is we need to get rid of the weeds and not just yanking them at top, yeah, at the yeah. top. We can't just spray yeah. Roundup. We got to get to yeah. the root. But outward mindset really helps people get to the root, helps us get to the deepest parts of our soil, which if you remember from episode two, is deeply seeing others, seeing people and deeply seeing others. Yeah. And it's hard to get there and it's hard to cultivate at that level if we don't have some sort of understanding 
and framework of what seeing people yeah. actually means. Yeah. And so the outward mindset material helps us get there. Yeah. It helps people get there. Yeah. And it allows them to cultivate at the deepest levels. It allows them to help their ideas and their current seeds that are planted get rooted in, you know, at the deepest level so that they last. So they're sustainable and their impact, you know, is, is higher. And of course, the results and the outcomes, the fruit follow. Yeah. So yeah. quickly. Yeah. And maybe not. But I'm, I just want to. I, I, I just want to reinforce, dude. I am. We have to be so intentional with our soil work. We do. We just have you to can, be. Yeah. It's not just an idea. I thought of. Yeah, we should. You know. Yeah. You got to be intentional about it. You got to go out and do it. And it, and it's constant. Yeah. Even if I planted a seed, it doesn't. It never, never ends. It's and, not like oh, I did that already. I spent last week oh. cultivating the soil, so the, the seed should work now. And so I, I find myself uh, not necessarily using. You said it. They're one and the same at times, but I, I will say, okay, oh, I got to do my soil work. Yeah. I gotta, <laughs> Yeah, I got to get in there and dig. I got it. Uh-huh. And when you have other leaders in a community that understand what you mean, there, yeah. it's so much easier yeah. to get to move move things forward. Yeah, yeah. So I had to interject there. Sorry. <laughs> no, you're good. You're good. So with our last couple minutes, yeah, what has been your experience going through groundwork? Yeah. this year. Well, I I think I need to say again, it's been a blessing and an honor and a gift, Chris. To um, when I when I sit in a room. Uh, with the individuals that are there. These are, these are people in our community. They're not just leaders of our community, but they are stewards. Mm-hmm. <laughs> stewards of our community, community. soil. They are, they're so caring. Mm-hmm. Um, you, see, you see them, their willingness to give the time and the commitment to what you're wanting to do to improve this community. I'm just, I'm just in awe. I'm in shock. And I know that the burdens and the biggest headaches and the, and, and the weight that they carry, but they're committed to, you know, this work and the work that you're trying to do to improve the community. And so sitting back as, as an observer, just to that lens is, is so powerful. Um, that's probably my first reaction to, to, to groundwork. And then the second thing I have to talk about is I love how groundwork has provided, um, outward mindset is, is a great philosophical foundation. But groundwork has provided the tangible, actual tools to get results. Yeah. And that's, and that is, it's, it's, I love the abstract. I love the philosophical. And Arbiter does provide some tools. Yeah, they have some practical tools. They, for they, sure. they mm-hmm. absolutely do. But pr- from a specific leadership standpoint, um, this model has provided authentic tools. And Chris, you haven't necessarily provided all those tools, but what you've done is created the space of our community leaders, those very mm-hmm. people that are just, stewards of our community. Yeah. And you've tapped into their knowledge and their wealth and their understanding of what works uh-huh. and you're giving them the platform to share that. Mm-hmm. And, and, it's, and it's unreal watching the participants as they watch one of their colleagues present the love, the warmth, the appreciation, the admiration of after someone has presented. Yeah. And then the feedback that they get of, thanks for sharing that. Yeah. Yeah. So thanks. And, and how, how have you, yeah. how have you seen yourself grow as a, as a leader, that that I, that's a tough question because I've shared this with you on a handful of occasions. I've never viewed myself a leader as, of adults. Mm-hmm. I got to, although you are, many adults look to you. Yeah, but I've never viewed my. I got to. Sh- I got to shut the door to my classroom uh-huh. and honor. And, and, and you're probably one of the only participants this in this cohort that doesn't have the title correct of a leader. Correct. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and 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 I've I've been a sponge. I've been an observer and. And just a, just been given the gift of of being there, yeah. And so, I've never ever 
um, I've, I've never pursued a track of like administration or, mm-hmm. or department head. You know, I've, I've looked at my role as honoring those young men and women yeah. and, and how, it's not how, because it's not because you don't know nope. you, you, you're not capable. You would be incredible, but you're rooted in and you know, your purpose and your purpose is to, yeah. to, to be part of the change that happens in, in young people's lives. In, in, at, at the that's where, that's where you're rooted in. Yeah. But this has given me the, I think the awareness, mm-hmm. the space. And I, I, I dare say the confidence because of the insight and the tools mm-hmm. to find my voice yeah. and more of hang, uh, interacting with, with my peers. Yeah. <laughs> Truly. And, uh, uh, and we're, we're seeing that with our work with uh, the, the dream team, the, these kid magnet teachers that are teaching this material to other, other high, school. other high schools. Mm-hmm. And, uh, but the tools, the soil work, the, the seed work, the weed work. But then uh, I adapted. Um, Allison Kelly, uh, director of uh, Institution Liberty House here, gave mm-hmm. us a great insight on how to organize meetings. Yeah. And I scrapped really my- simple topic. Yeah, real simple meetings. topic. Uh-huh. I scrapped my whole agenda and spent hours uh, <laughs> revamping my agenda for the meeting with my next dream team. Yeah. And, and the feedback from those individuals was, hey, I, f- I feel seen. This is great yeah. organization. Mm-hmm. Um, my voice is being heard. It was, again, something I never would have had the opportunity yeah. to A, rub elbows with Allison Kelly, but B, learn from her in that way. So thanks. Yeah. Oh, th- thank yeah. you, Drew. You know, as we close, look, I see you as an incredible leader. Now, all, all of us know about leadership. Leadership is a lot more than a title. And so I don't want you to feel like you don't have a, a voice in what it means to be a leader when I ask you this question, because I think you certainly do. But I mean, what, what would you say to current leaders or, or emerging leaders yeah. that, about the most important thing that you've learned? Over the over your career, mm-hmm. whether it's recent or you know uh, reaching farther back, further yeah. back, what do you yeah. think? One one is the the most important quality, yeah, that a leader needs to have. Uh, two years ago, I would have said relationships. I still say relationships, but who is that? Re- ask yourself this question, Chris. You pose this question all the time: Is that relationship to serve to serve others or to serve yourself? And that really comes to the heart of seeing others and doing your soil work. I don't care what your objective is, mission statement, <laughs> desired results are. Uh, can that truly be sustained or truly achieved if we don't have our relationships in which we see and, and attend to the needs of others? Yeah. And if you do that work, that soil work, getting dirty, <laughs> digging, <laughs> if you do that, the fruit you'll bear and the weed you encounter will be amazing and easily manageable. Yeah. Yeah. That's powerful. Thank you, Drew. I mean, when we, when we focus on our soil, it becomes less about us. Yeah. And, uh, and I mean, the great, great leaders are the ones that don't make it about themselves. No. And you know, those leaders that see you. Yeah. They see you and, and you want to (laughs) work, you want to work so hard or do so much much for, Mm -hmm. for them. Well, Drew, uh, you know, we've been going at this for an hour or so. Yeah. We'll close up. But just to recap, mm-hmm. I mean, we spent a lot of, hopefully, you know, for listeners, that was so helpful to talk about what you're doing in the community because the impact it's having, and we didn't even give it justice today in, in an hour of time to talk about the impact that that material is having on kids and, and what's happening, you know, at that level in our community. Um, we talked a little bit about leadership, have some great insights there, uh, but it's been a joy having you here. Oh. Uh, you know, we, we may or may not hear from you again on this, on the podcast, at right. least I certainly hope that, that we will, as we continue to, 
to speak with other leaders and and glean from their insight, but and their knowledge and experience. But it's been a it's been a gift having you having you on today, Drew. So appreciate you coming into the studio and and uh, recording this episode with me. The honor's mine, Chris. Thanks for all that you do in our community and what Mountain West has done, and and uh, thanks for making a lasting impact that can be felt for yeah. seven generations. Thanks, Drew. All right, well. Uh, again, this is Chris Panetta, the host. We had Drew Monarchy as a guest today. This is the Rooted Leadership Podcast. Thank you for tuning in. Have a great day. See you later.